0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, it's time for Charitable Georgia. Brought to you by Bees Charitable Pursuits and Resources. We put the fun in fundraising. For more information, go to BeesCharitablePursuits.com That's B-E-E-S CharitablePursuits.com Now... Here's your host, Brian Pruitt.
1: Good, fabulous Friday morning. It's another fabulous Friday, and we've got three more fabulous guests. If this is your first time listening to Charitable Georgia, this is all about positive things happening in your community, and uh, I don't know if if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but I'm the only guy in the studio this morning, so I got my favorite producer, though. Sharon's back. (laughs) Hello. Stone is actually on the golf course doing his thing with that. So Sharon, I'm thankful that you came and My pleasure. like I said, I'm the only guy. So we'll see if I make it through this, but I do you're have, brave, you're brave. Yes. Yes. I do have three great guests though this morning and you're going to hear some, some great stuff. We're going to start with Miss Jenny Cantrell. So Jenny, thank you for being here this morning.
2: Oh, thank you for having me.
1: So Jenny is a natural path. Doctor and a master herbalist, right? Right, mm-hmm. right. So, uh, please share your story and why you're passionate about helping people in their health.
2: Okay, I- I'm happy to. Well, my story actually starts um, as a young child. I was born with great hearing loss. And um, when I was in my 20s, when I went to have my first exam, um, I was in my late 20s. And the audiologist was uh, amazed that um, I actually worked outside the home, had my own business. And I asked him why he was amazed with that. And he said, because people who have uh, a great hearing loss such as yours really do not do well in life. In fact, they um, become totally dependent on their parents and never work outside the home And I said, well, (laughs) I never thought about that. I just thought as a child when I was told that I would be deaf by the time I was 20, I just thought, well, you know, I'm just going to have to do the best I can. I'll just learn sign language. And um, it never occurred to me not to work or, you know, be um, productive in society. And so that is really where it started. And I just want to encourage people that no matter what your setbacks are, uh, physically, uh, emotionally or whatever, you can overcome that. There's something that you can do. Uh, now, one of the reasons I went into sales is because, you know, <clears throat> I'm I'm kind of an old woman. I'm 68 years old. So if you go back in time, a lot of the phones did not have where you could increase the volume. So I knew that I could not do office work if I had to answer the phone. So, but I'm a people person and I like to be out. So I just ch- had to choose sales. Um, in in order, that was my really my only uh, only option. So and then later I. Uh, went into business, uh, for myself because I, um, had always been a healthy eater and I did not allow, you know, coats and candy and things like that in my house. But, uh, all of a sudden I started losing my energy and I didn't know why. And I was starting to struggle to get through the day, um, um, so I went to the doctor. They couldn't find anything wrong. Uh, they And then I began to live in constant pain, unbearable pain. So I um, asked the doctors, you know, th- for help. They couldn't figure it out. And their only option was pain medicine. And I'm the kind of person I like to get to the root of the problem. I thought, I'm not going to live on pain medicine. I- I've got to find What is causing this? It doesn't make any sense. So that put me on a path to seek out a natural path that medicine, alternative uh, means of healing. And so I got in touch with some experts in that field, began to apply uh, clean eating. Now, my, my diet was better than the average American. So, but I, I realized I could clean it up even more and make some changes. So I did that, took, uh, some, you know, supplements and I put all of that in remission. I mean, I was very, very weak, could hardly, uh, walk and in a lot of pain. And, um, after about five or six months, I began to feel the energy coming back in my body. And, um, so and I it, it all went in remission and I felt better than when I was a teenager. So I got curious about well why these herbs? Why this? Why that? What was it in that, the chemistry of that that um provided healing for my body? And so I just began to study. At the time I was an interior designer, but I started studying this on the side. And um then I decided to get a formal education. So I got a degree in naturopathic medicine and two certificates as a master herbalist to study to study the chemistry of herbs and that put me on a path to share my knowledge. So I didn't just learn that for me but to share that knowledge to make a difference in people's lives. So when I um, I do speak and when I speak in whatever organization it is, I want to share information right then that a person can go away, make some changes that is going to bring more energy and health in their body. And so that is a passion of mine to change one person's health at a time, one family's health at a time, because we are in a crisis in this country. Uh, we are in a crisis with toxicity and malnutrition. And we don't think of this as being malnourished. We, When we hear the word uh, malnutrition, we think of starving children in a foreign country. But most Americans walking around right now are very malnourished. They're extremely dehydrated, and they are very toxic. And so my passion is educating people so that they can, can manage that. Now, we're not going to get away from chemicals. We're just not. But there are some changes that we can make every day that will make a difference. Because when these toxins get in our body, unfortunately, we can't just drink water and flush them out. They build up inside of us on a cellular level. So we need to be focused. Being healthy nowadays will not just happen like when I was a kid. Uh, Because I grew up, you know, we were... um, before intensive farming, but when intensive farming began to take control of our country back in the 50s and 60s, everything changed. For the first time in the history of mankind, our food was altered to the point that our bodies do not really and truly recognize. It's not just what you get inside of you. It's what you're able to assimilate And your cells use for nutrition to produce energy, for healing, uh, and energy for the day. So um, that's what I like to teach people, and it, it will make a difference. I've done this for well over 25 years, and almost every week somebody is texting me and telling me, Oh my gosh, I feel so much better. I'm sleeping better. I don't have this brain fog. I'm, you know, and it's just such a joy to be able to share that and know that I'm turning people's health around because it's not just them. It might be the woman of the family. Usually the women, you know, kind of control the, the food in the family, hopefully. Uh, and, and so it can really make a difference. And that's what I love to do.
1: You can tell I like my women's cooking. So as we shared or a couple of weeks ago, I've got the keg, as Tara Key liked to say, so i got the 24-pack. Can you can you share uh, just one thing that, that you mentioned uh, about knowing what you're eating and stuff like that? Can you just share one tidbit of how you can, you know, the the natural part of changing what you yes, eat?
2: I tell you, um, uh, your goal every day, my goal every day is how much food Green food, and I'm not talking about pistachio pudding.
0: Or green
1: M&M's. No,
2: that's not on the list. Uh, But green vegetables. When you sit down to eat, half your plate needs to be dark green vegetables or your yellow or your orange. That's a given because we've got to balance the alkalinity with the acid. And so uh, that one thing... Um, I'll give you another tip. We should never drink when we eat. Why is that? Well, several things. Um, your When you eat, uh, your stomach is to release digestive fluids uh, that's got all kinds of good stuff, food enzymes, hydrochloric acid, other things in there to help break down that food to assimilate it. So when you crowd your stomach with liquid, there's not enough room for the digestive fluids, to really uh, work on digesting your food. Uh, The other thing is you can actually drink so much that you're flushing what nutrition is in that food. You're flushing them on out of the body. So those are uh, two important reasons. The rule of thumb is drink your water 15 minutes before you eat. That gives it time to go through your stomach, and then you can eat. And if you have to... People tell me, well, I, I have to drink when I eat. Well, then you're eating the wrong thing. So uh, if you're eating something that's super dry, what is that? Because vegetables have a lot of liquid in them. You don't need to drink water when you're eating vegetables. So those are two tips. But dark green vegetables, and when I have people come and I work with them, I have them write down five days' worth of what they're eating. It's not for me. I already know what they're not eating, and, but this is for them. So I look at it and say, well, we're going to circle all of the green vegetables that you've eaten in the last five days. And it's, it's shocking because sometimes it may be the only thing is that, that um, one piece of iceberg lettuce on the hamburger.
1: <laughs> I mean, that doesn't count
2: no it does not there's no nutrition in there <laughs> so anyway okay so
1: so can you uh there may be somebody listening who doesn't know exactly what a naturopathic doctor is uh you shared a little bit but what exactly is that and the difference between that obviously in a medical doctor and, the, and what you can and can't do
2: right well uh naturopathic means that uh there's healing through natural means Without medication, um, so through your diet, through herbs, through supplements, and that's what is different. Uh, medical doctors, and I'm not against doctors. We need them. I go to them all the time to help diagnose. I cannot diagnose, and uh, but doctors can do that that's what they are trained to do and can legally do and so uh they diagnose and they're trained to then um get a medicine to help control that symptom that you're having but naturopathic means that you're you're really balanced in the body on a cellular level so that the body is able to heal itself
1: okay on the supplements um I'm guessing there could be good and bad supplements. Can you share about supplements?
2: Yes, uh, there are a lot of supplements out there that um, the bottle is actually more expensive than what's on the inside. Uh, I've read lab reports over the years where these are labs that don't—they uh, don't actually make a supplement or sell a supplement. They've gone into health food stores and pulled. Uh, as many as 50 bottles off the shelf and taken it to the lab to uh, dissect it to see what was in there and shockingly some of those did not even have anything that it said it had inside of it some of them had a little bit and it was mostly fillers uh, and additives Um, so there is you know unfortunately a lot of fraud in that industry. So it's important to to know the brand that you are taking and uh, making sure that's why I don't endorse a lot of companies. I, I just don't. I have to do the research, talk to the people, the scientists in the lab, so that I know I can trust. Because when I'm working with people, they're dependent on me to know and um and it goes a step further too you know you may have the company may have put uh like if you get a bottle that's got like 50 ingredients in it that sounds impressive but the pressure that it takes to compact all of those nutrients in that tablet make it completely indigestible i've talked to um a couple of people that are in the Port-A-John industry and that's a messy industry. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so they have said that they see mounds and mounds, piles of supplements that have passed through people's body. Wow. And you can even read the name brand on the tablet.
1: Why are you getting that close is what I wanna know. But anyway, no, that's
2: that's wild. Yeah, so it it's about maybe they they have everything that's on that label in that tablet. But then it's completely indigestible to your body. So people have paid the money, taken the time to take it, and it's done them no good. And over the years, I've had people say, well, I've tried supplements, whatever. They don't help. And, and I know why. Because it, it, for those reasons, but, um, it may be, that it's not digestible, but it may also mean that they don't have enough enzymes in their stomach to break things down. So that's what I try to, you know, figure out with a person, what's going on uh, so that we can get you producing energy. Because if your energy, um, the lack of energy is the beginning because your body, if it's losing energy, you are losing your energy also to assimilate and um, to heal the body and do what it needs to do.
1: I've always been told that when you're looking at supplements, there's, I guess, a certain uh, label or something that of endorsement of a particular, I don't know, that's supposed to be the best ones. But can you maybe share of a one that you would endorse that would be good?
2: Well, um The, the products that I have researched and checked out are made by a company called Arbon International. And the other one is Nature's Sunshine. Um, I have bought from them for, um, 30 years. And over the, and I've, I'm, I'm a watchdog because before that, I did buy from certain companies, but I saw them, um, making changes, cutting corners to save money. But then they started adding chemicals and whatever. So I couldn't endorse them anymore. So I want, uh, you want to get what you pay for, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but but the labeling laws are so deceptive. It would take me a few minutes to explain that. And I, I don't want to take up time for that. But the way the FDA sets up how labeling can be it's really uh, deceptive. So it's my job you know, when I recommend something, it's my job to know uh, everything about that product so that, because my uh, the people that I'm coaching and helping are dependent on me to know.
1: So on the herbs, actually when I was growing up I always called them herb. So (laughs) On Are you the, British? No. Well, we all transist, I guess. At one point we were, but no, just kidding. Um, on the herbs, is it something that the herbs you cook with or you take them as a supplement? Can you share about the the herbs that mm-hmm.
2: you... Yeah, well, a lot of the herbs um, we can cook with and uh, they have medicinal properties. Um, just We just have to be careful sometimes in cooking uh, that we don't um, cook something to death, meaning that we cook the life out of it. Um, so uh, their herbs have different properties. Some herbs are considered as nutritious, you know, like alfalfa. Um, that That's a, a good one. Kale. Those are considered herbs that are more nutritious and have, you know, like a food. But then there are herbs that have not really considered a food, but have a certain chemistry that will zero in and uh, support, because of the chemical structure of it, it will zero in and support uh, different systems in your body. And so that's why uh, knowing the chemistry of herbs, you would know which ones. Now, all herbs are going to uh, feed your body vitamins and minerals, uh, may have some fiber in it, uh, phytonutrients in it, a number of things. Uh, but it'll have different actions on the body. Do do you need to take something for an astringent to kind of draw out uh, an infection or something you need to draw out? Do you need one to um, to add moisture to the body? So they they all have different properties, but they will have different nutrients so that. That's why you would take a specific herb if you're dealing with uh, the nervous system or the circulatory system.
1: I don't think her stuff would work with what we had on the other week with Bread pretty Licious. Yeah.
2: yeah, it looked really good, but I think you'd you'd probably pull all all of it apart and be like, "All right, there's nothing right. green." Right.
1: I will tell you, alfalfa was my favorite on Little Rascals, but I think that's probably different than what you're talking about,
2: <laughs> right? Yeah, we're, we're yeah, they're they're two different things. Okay, Little- all right,
1: all right. <laughs> So you do a lot of networking. You've been a part of several groups, and that's how you and I met actually years ago. We were part of the same BNI group, and uh, we're now part of Carswell Business Club, Backworth Connections. And you're out there a lot in the community. So other than the reasons why you just share like helping people, why is it part, important for you to be part of the community?
2: Well, um, if I'm not part of the community, I will not be in a place that someone might need my help. Uh, and there's not that many people that do what I do. Uh, you'll have people that do sell supplements and so forth, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I had someone just not too long ago uh, ask me to um, tell them certain herbs that they could take. And I said, well, that's that's not the way to get at the root of the problem. Uh, you know you you've got to do more and I want to tell you uh, because of the malnutrition and the toxicity you can't just take a couple of supplements anymore and really get to the root of it and make the changes that you want you're going to have to change we we are what we eat and what we digest and so um, you're going to have to be more focused on making the changes, what I call clean eating. And uh, that that alone will carry so much weight of it, but then there may be some supplements added to that.
1: So um, if somebody's listening out there, whether it's an organization or somebody just wants to talk to you about your services, how can people get a hold of you?
2: Well, they can email me at Jenny.com at JennyCantrell.com, or they can call me um, at 865-405-8861 or text me. Um, and I, I love to speak to organizations because that's more than one person that I can influence at a time and make a difference in their life.
1: Awesome. Well, Jenny, thank you for sharing a little bit of your story. Uh, we've got a couple other guests that have good, good stories. You mind sticking around? Cause we're really not done with you. There's a couple other things I'll ask you towards the end. So you can't go anywhere anyway, but you okay. mind sticking around?
2: Okay. No, I'm uh, happy to be here. I want to hear from them too. All
1: right. So you guys just heard about some keeping yourself healthy. And uh, this is going to be a weird transition maybe, but uh, Ingrid Weir from Cornerstone Hospice. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. You, uh, I guess it takes a special person to to work in your industry as well, but give us a little bit of your story and why you are in the hospice industry.
0: Why I'm in the hospice industry. Well, it's weird. I actually used to work for several years right behind this building selling heated floors. Wow. And then, um, one day my boss got sick and then we shut down the company and I had to kind of feel around and figure out where I was going from there. And I actually landed in home care, which is a form of senior care. And well, that's a wonderful thing, not everybody can afford it. So that is what slowly got me over to where I came into hospice. Because this way, especially working for a nonprofit, I can help everybody for free. So it's, uh, it's been very fulfilling. Since.
1: You, do you actually work with the patients? Or are you... What what is your role within Cornerstone?
0: My role is I'm the liaison, so I'm the go-between, and then if anything goes wrong after we have them on service, then I'm I'm the bulldog.
1: So can you share? Because I'm sure there's people out there that kind of have an idea of what hospice is, and most people think it's you know obviously when somebody's about ready to pass and mm-hmm. things of that nature. But share exactly what a hospice organization does.
0: Okay, and that is one of the reasons why I'm trying to spread information is that it's not the last five days that you're alive like it used to be. So it's anyone with a life-limiting illness. We are here to help you embrace what's left of your life. And we do that by providing medications that are delivered right to your home. We have home health aides that will come and help with bathing and hygiene. And then, of course, we have the medical equipment, hospital beds, wheelchairs, and all of that. Then we have a chaplain that can come in, always optional, of course, non denominational. And we have social workers that can come in and help with any kind of financial, end-of-life planning, anything like that, and just be there for emotional support for the family as well as the patient.
1: So a hospice can be several different things, right? You can I know some places actually have a hospice facility. It could be in a hospital. It could be in a home. Is that right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, share a bit about Cornerstone. You know, it's a nonprofit, which I think is an interesting concept in that in itself. Can you share about Cornerstone?
0: Well, Cornerstone is a nonprofit, like you said, so we accept anyone regardless of ability to pay. We go to wherever the patient lives. Now, if symptoms become unmanageable, then we do have settings where we can have 24-hour care. But generally speaking, we'll have a nurse come once a week, and then a CNA or home health aide come out a few times a week, and the home health aide reports back to the nurse. The nurse reports back to the doctor as well. But then, as symptoms progress, and the nurse will actually come out more frequently.
1: So you're coming to? They're coming to the home, is that right? We're coming
0: to the home, yes. But if needed, then we we do have facilities that they can go to,
1: and then we will go there and treat them as well. So cornerstone being a nonprofit, is it kind of like any other nonprofit? Can people get involved and help? With that absolutely we we have
0: volunteers, we have amazing volunteers that come out and sit with people or they go and walk their dogs, take their dogs to the vets. We also have a program where if somebody can't afford to pay for vet visits or pet food or anything like that, where our foundation will actually cover that as well, which and we'll actually rehome your animals so nobody has to lose their pet before.
1: Lose their life Well, wow. so business can get involved in well and be sponsors, I guess.
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We, we accept any kind of donations as well.
1: Where all do you guys service? Is it just Metro Atlanta or North Atlanta or North Cobb or where all?
0: We're in Cobb, North Fulton, Cherokee, and Gwinnett currently, and then half of Florida as well. We've been in Florida since 1984 so we're fairly new up here but we've got the backbone down in florida
1: so i'm guessing uh, especially the caretakers i mean that would be hard to be working with somebody who you know is on the deathbed literally mm-hmm. um i don't you, you don't do that part but can you share a story of somebody that uh, there are things i mean i can i can remember being in a hospital room when my grandmother passed and that was awful but i know that there's been other people who have been in and, and it's kind of a I don't know, this may sound weird, peaceful transition or whatever, but it's just kind of a a happy time. I don't know. But can are there any stories you can share that kind of people make people feel good about the hospice and not know that it's a, you know, oh, no type of yeah. thing?
0: Actually, I had, a, I had a family member that we put on service a couple of years back. And first of all, they did not want to go on hospice. They, he had brain cancer. It was very clear that he needed our help. But nothing that I could say would convince them until he started having seizures that were uncontrollable and the doctors were just putting up their hands like, you know, we can't do anything. So I came in. I was like, please let me get my nurse in here. And I was convinced that this entire family was going to just unravel when this man died. And uh, it scared me. And I'll tell you what, it did. But then... Um, she finally let my nurse come in. We got the seizures managed. And then our whole team just attacked the whole family. And when he finally did transition, it was so peaceful and calm. And the whole family was there. They were prepared. He was comfortable. I, I could not believe the difference between what they were just a few months earlier and then the family that they were, that they were actually able to enjoy the time they had left with them.
1: Wow wow is there i know like when people are are they have pre-funeral things you can do is there something you can do ahead of time for a hospice for services for hospice that's something you can you know if you know that there's a the end is near type of thing can you set that up beforehand or is that something when it actually happens you do it when it's when it's happening
0: most people do it when it's happening but you can actually go through and you we have what's called the Five Wishes Program, where it's this booklet where you go through and you put in all of your wishes as your life comes to a conclusion, and you can actually specify things like what hospice you would prefer.
1: Okay. So you also do the networking piece. You, you, we see you at the Ackworth Connections and other areas. Why is it important for you to be part of the community?
0: Because people don't know enough about hospice. It's, um, people don't realize that this is their right to have this service to help them through it. And I've seen families and patients go through this transition without hospice and the difference is I mean, it's really tragic that most people don't know about it. So I'm just trying to raise awareness.
1: So give somebody a little tip that that they need to kind of be, uh, what do they need to look for when they're looking for some hospice care?
0: Always check the reviews, of course. I'll also take some of the review, reviews with a grain of salt because people are very very upset during the time of their family transitioning. But um, you know, ask around if somebody's good. People are going to know if people are bad. Then people are definitely going to know. Look for somebody that isn't just just now opening. Somebody that does have the backbone. Behind them, so that you know they're not just going to disappear all of a sudden because the regulations in Georgia are not strong enough. Just about anybody can open a hospice here.
1: Wow. Well, well. well, if somebody's listening and wants to get a hold of you and talk about your services, how can they do that?
0: You can call my cell, text me, whatever, 678 551 8103.
1: Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on and sharing that little tidbit. Uh, We're going to kind of lighten the mood back up because I know that was, a.
2: but you know, know. that's an important part of, I mean, everyone will face, has someone in their life or they will be facing it too. So you're right people don't consider that as being like top of mind, mm-hmm. but it will affect everyone at some point. So right. I get why that's important. And, and I <laughs> shared
1: this with stone last week, Sharon, that, you know, people listening to the show and they may think why in the world is he talking to somebody about hospice? That's not positive or charitable, but in all it is, <laughs> you know, kind. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you, you've got to be, you got to be prepared for one, but you also do want your loved ones to be, you know, have up to the end, be as comfortable and, and live what they can left. And so, uh, I don't care whether you smile at somebody, open the door, say thank you, work for hospice, mm-hmm. give somebody their herbs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> whatever you, do. you know, there
1: there's plenty of positivity and charitable things out there, and so it doesn't have to be that you're giving somebody money or, or a nonprofit to be charitable. So again, I thank you for coming on and sharing. Uh do you mind listening to this next story? Absolutely. Uh Melissa Pearson from the Barter Company, thanks for being here. Like I said, I don't know if I am going to be in trouble or not because I don't. As you can tell, they all like to give each other, myself, a hard time, and I have to give it right back. But I still don't win. I don't, I don't understand that. But anyway, Melissa,
3: thank you for having me, from VP. Yes, I'm happy and excited to be here.
1: Yes, so Thanks. um, you are passionate about helping people, especially in business, right? But you you do have a, a just a passion for people. Could you mind sharing your story, and then we'll talk about the barter company when you after you share your story.
3: Sure. Well, I grew up in a very sheltered family, Um, strict household, went to church every Sunday, went to the best schools and um, was very shy. I had a dad that was very, um, or he's still very, very strong. And he kept moving up the corporate ladder. So we moved like 19 times. So I never had that chance to develop develop long-term relationships. When I turned 19, we had moved 19 times. And he moved up the corporate ladder. So when we moved here, he was like, I'm starting my own company. We're not moving anymore. And it was 10th grade when I moved here. So it was hard to fit in. I was very shy. didn't want to talk in front of people or even this is not you. "Mm, No, No. I know. I know. Everybody's shocked to hear that, (laughs) but I really am. I mean, even our little one minute at Cartersville business club, I'm like, Ooh, so, um, we moved and I went to Lasseter and East Cobb and, um, I always wanted to be a teacher because my parents were teachers. They met in college. And then um, I was at a ceramics class, and a lady promoted me to be a leasing agent, lease apartments. And I was like, okay, and did that for a while. And she would hand me – one day she handed me this book of of stuff and a box of flyers and all this stuff. She goes, here, go out and talk to businesses. And I'm like, what? (laughs) I was scared to death. And then I was like, oh, my gosh. And and I had went into advertising, and I worked for Trader Publishing, and we flew out to Dallas, Texas, and within two, 10 minutes of being there, we were on stage and being filmed in front of everyone with the old VCR. And people were throwing up in the class. It was horrible. We had a before and after. So I had to learn to adjust and talk to people. And from then on, I just loved it. And I had this client tell me, he goes, Melissa – you just thrive in front of people, and I'm like, well, yeah, you're right, I do. I do love people and helping people and connecting people. I had a boss in the um, in the advertising or um before that, I think leasing, and she said, Melissa, be the go-to girl, be that connector, you know and, and you will always have business and people relying on you. And I was like, okay, so I've just lived that forward, and I do I love connecting people, helping people give back. I mean there's so many amazing people out there doing so much for our community and i want to be one of those people and do my part and um that's what i try to do every day
1: so we mentioned you're with a barter company share about them and what the what their goal and mission is
3: we our goal <laughs> is to get more clients for small businesses and get their business to grow and they get them in barter dollars rather than nothing so A restaurant that's not completely filled or a painter that has gaps in their schedule or like a um, entertainment place that's not completely filled. Why lose that money and get barter dollars instead of nothing? And a lot of people don't understand that they get referrals from other businesses and it spins anywhere in the network. So my boss, Rick Patty, started this company 27 years ago, so we're very well established in Kennesaw. He gives back to the community, Must Ministries. They call him the giver, and um, we've all given back in Must Ministries, and we do a lot for our clients, too. We have... Um, casino night which jenny came and a huge christmas show that's so much fun lots of different meetups and different client appreciations so we try to give back to our clients as well and connect them and i work with just wonderful amazing people the brokers in the office and they are dedicated to give back to their people and find their people business and it's just it's a ton of barter business going on and we have several people in the $2 million club and like, I think eight now it grows and the $1 million club. So it's a huge business and we're the largest in the Southeast. And, um, my boss is always looking for ways to help people and savvy, um, business, you know, ideas. So it's, you know, it's a great company to work for. I've been there since, well, twice now. (laughs) <laughs> Five years this time and beforehand also. So, somebody who doesn't
1: know exactly what barter is and barter dollars, what is that? Share what that is.
3: Well, barter is an alternative currency. You have your regular bank and your barter bank, and your barter bank works just like your regular bank. You just can't see it. Um, so, where you you don't change, you don't charge more, and you don't charge less. Whatever your good or your service product is is what you charge and that money goes into your barter bank account and now you have an extra money in in your barter bank account to use wherever in the network so if you go out to a restaurant the waitress comes she puts the check down you put your barter card they swipe it and they spew out a receipt and that money leaves the customer's account into the restaurant's account and now they have an extra let's say 100 bucks in their barter bank account to spend anywhere in the network could be hood cleaning, flowers, gift, employee incentives. Um, We have pretty much everything you can imagine.
1: Are there certain industries that are not good for barter?
3: Well, we do have industries that we have tapped out and we don't want to promise them business if we can't get them business. So we kind of, you know, we're all over the Atlanta area from uh, Gainesville to Rome to, uh, you know, the Atlanta area. So, uh, Peachtree City, Noonan. So, if we can't get someone um, enough business in a certain area, we will not bring them on. And we have a list of that and we have a top list too. And if clients are asking for a certain category, we'll go out and get it for them.
1: Are there certain are, in those categories? Do you have multiples or do you just stick with a couple in that category or? You know what I'm saying?
3: It depends on what it is. A restaurant is so transactional, we're going to have a lot of restaurants all over the Atlanta area. Whereas maybe a counselor, we don't have as many. You know, it's not as transactional. Um, So it just depends on what category it is and where it is.
1: But there's no exclusivity, right? You don't? No. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. So other than the reason of why you shared of being the barter and stuff, why is it important for you to be part of the community? Because you're everywhere as well.
3: Well, I don't want to be just a, a taker. I want to be a giver as well, and I want to help people grow. I've been in advertising all the time, and that's what I did. With numbers, I would help businesses grow, and we have a ton of advertising. I think that's the most brilliant thing people can do is invest their barter dollars back into advertising. It could be TV, radio, uh, magazines, direct mail, I mean, tons of different things.
1: So you actually had started a, a business before, right? You were in between when you, you did your own business. And I'm going to ask this for you, you Jenny, as well, too. But, Melissa, first, um, can you share with somebody who's maybe thinking about starting their business what they should do?
3: Really look at the numbers and investigate it um, and the trends, too. Um, I, I had a money mailer, and I could have been successful if I had a Mr. Melissa, but it was just me. So I didn't
1: have that backup. I don't know if we could have handled them, Mr. Oh, Melissa. <laughs> you just wait till we get outside, Brian. Jenny, how about you? If somebody's thinking about starting a business because you've now obviously been in for a while, what would you tell them?
2: Well, first of all, is there a need? If You know, you may be uh, – let's just use this as an example. Let's say that you love making – Cupcakes and that's your passion and whatever. But if there's no need for cupcakes, how are you going to sell it? Because, um, you, you have to be able to sell it and make money to provide for yourself. So there has to be a need. Um, you have to count the cost of, um, uh, really getting detailed about what it's going to cost you to start up and you need to have uh, several months uh, advance for um, when money is not coming in to to take care of yourself and your needs and buy more supplies and so forth. So you've got to have some cash flow to carry you until the money is coming in uh, for that. And um, you have to um, just... If if there's a need and you've got the money, then you have to do it in spite of being afraid.
1: <laughs> Sharon, I like how she gave the example of cupcakes. Speaking what she does, and she brings <laughs> up cupcakes.
3: There's a need to eat them,
2: right? She she balances it out a little bit. Probably is okay, maybe a little. Yeah, right, yeah. that right. was a bad example. I'm telling you, <laughs> green cupcakes, green cupcakes. So Melissa, <laughs> if
1: somebody's listening that has a business um, and wants to be a part of your barter system barter company how can they get a hold of you
3: they can call me on my cell at 404-375-9023 or email me at melissa at barterco.com that's m-e-l-a-s-s-a at barterco.com
1: Awesome. Well, thank you. Uh, I was sharing last week. Uh, Sharon, not sharing. <laughs> sharing. Yeah, sharing last week. Uh, we had Shannon Beaufield on last week as one of the guests, and he was, he shared what he did at the Carswell Business Club on the written, written word and how powerful that is. And, and one of the things that I also said at the end of the show, too, was that, uh, the thank yous are a lost art as well. So, um, I want to thank each of you for not only just coming to be a part of the show, but what you guys do, because it does make a difference. You get you, the two of you, Jenny and and Ingrid, are making people in different lives and you're making people in different businesses. So um, I just thank you for that. So before we wrap this up, I have one more question for the three of you. And um, I'd like for you guys to share one nugget, quote, word, just a positive thing that people can take and live today and the rest of 2023 and beyond with. So, Jenny, give me some wisdom.
2: One of my favorite uh, quotes is, if it is to be, it's up to me. I like that.
1: Awesome. Ingrid?
2: My favorite quote is
0: from the Lorax. Unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing's going to get better. It's not.
1: Nice. Melissa? I
3: have several quotes, but my most recent is, sidewalk prophets. i heard a song reason to smile and that has stuck with me with these times because he wrote it just because of that to look around and be thankful for what you have instead of looking at all the other stuff that's going on in the world
1: Mm, all good good stuff so guys again thank you for coming to be a part of the show everybody out there listening let's remember let's be positive let's be charitable